Today we continue our sermon series, Preparing for Something Great, and we are well on our way already uh, to our 100 consecutive days preaching through the Gospel of John. Now be sure, in this effort, we are seeking something extraordinary. We are seeking a mighty movement of God as we lift up and we exalt the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I hope that you are excited. I hope that you are reveling in the possibility of what God might do in these days. And I hope that you are praying, that you are preparing, seeking God's hand in this effort. Now, I want to just stop right here for just a second. And I want you to think, I want us to think what he might do. I want us to really think about that, what he might do in this effort. Let me tell you a couple of things. First is this, it is his will that the gospel of Jesus Christ would go out. We know it is his will. We know that it is his will that he would be brought glory, that he would be glorified through his church. We know that is his will. We know it is his will that he would be exalted. We also know he is as mighty as ever. We also know he is as wonderful as ever. We also know he is as gracious as ever. So I want us to think about what might he do. Imagine that. In the Bible it says that he can do exceedingly abundantly more than we would ask or think. What might he do? And I start to think about this effort. I start to think about that. What if a hundred folks got saved? What if a hundred people got saved in this effort? What if a thousand people got saved in this effort? What if homes turned around as they went through the gospel of John? What if dads got right with the Lord in in the preaching of the gospel of John? What if a million people watched this online? I don't know how all that works. I don't know where all it could go. What if a million people watched this online? What could he do? Can you imagine what he can do? So far in our preparing for something special, something great, we have looked at the question, why doesn't God move? And we looked at that. We looked at some of the reasons for a week. Why doesn't God move? Then second, we looked at the question, why do we care? What is it to us? Why do we care? Why would we seek his movement? And that's what we looked at last week. We saw the answers to that. We care because we carry the name of Jesus Christ. We care because God sent us. He actually gave us this commission. We care in compassion because any person outside of Jesus Christ will perish. That is the truth of Scripture. And we care most of all because he is worthy. Well, the next logical question in our preparing for something great is, so what do we do? If we want to see God move, if we want to see tremendous things, if we understand why we would want to see those things, the next logical question is, so what do we do? If we are seeking something extraordinary, and if we know why, what do we do? Well, I have three answers to that, and that's actually going to be the next three sermons. Here are the three things that we do. If we know why we're doing it, 
and we actually desire. Here's what we do. We pray, we prepare, and we preach. Those three things. That's what we do. What do we do? We pray, we prepare, and we preach. Those are going to be the next three sermons. The sermon after that, we will observe the Lord's Supper, and then we launch off in our 100 days. This morning, our message is entitled, We Pray. We pray. Our verses, we're going to look at two sets of verses, but our first set of verses is found in 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. Now, these are important for us in our Christian life, not just this effort, yes, in this effort, but in all of our Christian life. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. I'm going to ask if you would stand with me in the, re- the honor of the, and the reverence of the reading of God's word. 1 John chapter 5, beginning in verse 14. This is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked from him. I want to read those two verses again. This is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked from him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come and we exalt you. We praise you. We worship you. Our, our Lord, our King, our God, our Savior, we lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray as we go into these days, as we go into the opportunity of camp tomorrow, that the name and the banner of Christ will be held high. I pray for kids to hear. I I pray for parents that are listening in that they would hear. I pray for the workers that they would hear. And I pray we'd have a greater understanding of you this week. Lord, I pray as we head into this 100 days that we wouldn't limp into it, that we wouldn't go into it with a low bar, with a low set of expectations, but we would go expecting that our powerful and mighty God still lives, still reigns, still rules, and still moves. Lord, we ask that you do something tremendous. And in these days, in these important days, prepare us, teach us, train us. Lord, use us. Lord, I I, I pray in the next 30, 40 minutes that you would speak, that it would be your truth. I pray that you would open our ears, our, our minds, our hearts to receive And I pray we'd be shaped and equipped in the supernatural event of the preaching of God's word. Lord, I pray if there's one and maybe a couple here that do not know you, I pray that in the hearing of the word, the the gospel of Jesus, that today they might be saved. And I pray that every bit, every piece of it is for your name and for your glory. We praise you, we worship you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Years ago, I wrote out a statement that I have said several times. I've said it on several different occasions, and it is posted on the wall next to my desk. Now, the statement goes like this. The extent that we see the power of God and that we realize the presence of God is determined by the amount of time we spend in prayer 
before God. Now, let me, let me read that to you again. I don't say things that heavy very often. That's pretty good. The extent that we see the power of God and that we realize the presence of God is determined by the amount of time we spend in prayer before God. Now, now the point to that is being is that prayer is an integral part. It is an important part. It is a necessary part in the life of a believer. I think sometimes we get numb to that. Sometimes we move past that. But prayer is an important, necessary, integral part of the life of a believer. Now, if you think about it, in the last several months as we have traveled through Acts, in our study, we see over and over and over again the importance of prayer. We see the, the church prays for boldness. We see the church prays for guidance. The church prays for wisdom. We see the church prays for opportunities. Lord, give us opportunities to, to preach the gospel. We see that the, the church prays for strength in the effort for perseverance. In fact, when we get to Acts chapter 6, we find one of the two main functions, two primary ministries of the church is the ministry of prayer. Friends, be very sure this morning, Scripture tells us, Scripture shows us we must be a praying people. Listen, we must be, you must be a praying person. We must be a praying people. I'm, I'm going to say this this morning. The most important thing we can do, the most important thing we can do for this 100-day effort is to commit to be frequent and fervent in prayer. If we're going to see God move, if he's going to move in a powerful way, I believe that'll be the catalyst for that. The most important thing we can do in these hundred days, preparing for them and during them, is to be in prayer. So now the question is, so how? What does that mean? What does that look like? Let's look at our verses. 1 John chapter 5, John is talking about, here in the fifth chapter, the truth of the gospel. Now, there's an awesome discussion going on there. He is, he is talking about the truth of the gospel, the reality of the gospel. He is talking about the testimony of the gospel, that by faith in Jesus Christ, we have life. Now, that's a tremendous thing. By faith in Christ, we have life. He tells us in that fifth chapter, by faith in Jesus Christ, we can be sure, we can know we have eternal life. And then in that context, talking about the gospel, we find verses 14 and 15. Let me read them to you again. This is the confidence which we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request, we have the request which we have asked from him. The verse starts off and it says, this is the confidence we have before him. Now the him is Jesus. In the context, the him is the son of God. It is Jesus. And so this is the 
confidence we have before Jesus. Now, the word for confidence here is a Greek word that means a bold resolve, a fearless confidence. Now, I want you to think about that. That's important. A fearless, bold confidence, resolve. What it means is it is settled. We can take it to the bank, and we're not timid about that. It is a fearless confidence. It means, listen to this, before Jesus, we can be bold in our expectation. That's kind of a weird thing. Should I expect something of Jesus? Is that kind of an odd place to be? It means before Jesus, we can be bold in our expectation. So what is our expectation? The expectation is that if we ask in his will, in verse 14, he hears. And if he, if he hears, verse 15, he answers. It says we have. Notice it is past tense there. We have the request which we have asked from him. And so what is our bold resolve? What are we sure of? What can we be confident in? It is that if we ask in his will, he will hear. And if he hears, he will answer. Now let me tell you what that means. And I think we need to, we need to be sure and hear this. We need to understand this, especially at this point in our preparation. Let me tell you what that means. That means that available in prayer is the full power of God. Available in prayer is the full power of God. It means available in prayer are all the resources of God. All of the resources of God are available to us in prayer. Everything we need for God to be glorified, everything we need for the gospel to go out, everything, and I'm talking about no matter how big, no matter how absurd, no matter how crazy it may seem by the world's standards, we can have bold confidence before Jesus himself, he will provide. Did you hear that? Do you get that? We can be bold before Jesus himself that he hears and hearing, he will answer, he will provide. That's what the Bible says. That's what God is telling us. Friends, how are we not consumed in prayer? How are we not radically committed to prayer? If we pray in his will, he hears. And if he hears, he answers. And he will provide. God will hear. And hearing, God will answer. And available to us are all the resources and the power of God. There is one kicker. And you say, okay, I knew, I knew that was, there's always a kicker, isn't there? There is a stipulation. Oh, there's always a stipulation. Well, I want you to hear me. I want to settle this. There's, there's so much false teaching on this. <laughs> I, I want you to hear this, and I want you to be very clear. It is not a cop-out. Listen carefully. It is not... An escape clause. God doesn't need an escape clause. It's not a back exit for chickens to leave out of. 
It is a blessing and a promise. I want you to hear this. It is a blessing and a promise. Get this. The prayer that God hears and the prayer that God answers and the prayer that we can have bold confidence in is the prayer offered in God's will. And we say, well, isn't that a way out? Absolutely not. Listen, if we pray in God's will, we can be sure that God will hear, that God will answer, and God will provide. And if it is not in God's perfect, wise, righteous will, we can be glad that he will not answer. Did you hear that? Well, that sounds like a cop-out. That sounds like a back door. If I don't get what I want, well, it wasn't in his will. God wasn't bound to that. Listen, if it is not in God's perfect and wise and righteous will, we can be very glad that God will not answer. Do you see what a blessing that is? If it is not perfect in motivation, if it is not perfect in righteousness, if it is not perfect in timing, if it is not perfect in wisdom, if it is not perfect in result, he will not answer, and that is a blessing. Have you ever prayed and asked for something? You don't have to raise your hand. And with the passing of time, with the gaining of wisdom, with the adding of perspective, you say, oh, I'm glad God didn't answer that that way. You ever pray for something and you think this is it and this is what we have to have and I don't, if I don't get this, it's not ever gonna work and time goes by and maybe you get a different perspective, maybe you see how things really are, maybe you grow in wisdom and now you look back and say, oh, I'm glad he didn't answer that, not like that. Oh, I'm so glad. Friends, listen to me. Our God is perfect. And so his will is perfect. And so we seek not our will, but we seek his perfect will. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And friends, that is a blessing, a great promise of God. If we pray out of God's will, he will not answer, it stalls out. But the good news is this, if we pray in his will, we can boldly wait in expectation that God will answer. What a promise that is. So here's the deal. How do we pray in his will? How do we know his will? And I'm not talking about guests. Sometimes I think, well, that kind of seems like it might be. How do you know it is God's will? Evidently, that's going to be the key to the whole thing. How do we know and how do we pray in God's will? Let me tell you something. I don't know that I've ever heard this carefully explained. Pray in God's will. And then I'm thinking, well, okay, not sure how. Pray in God's will sounds good. Okay, I'm not sure how do we know and pray in God's will? The same author, the Apostle John, in a different book, I'm going to turn back to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 15. You can just listen or you can turn there, either one. 
And I want to look at two verses, verses 7 and 8. Now, Jesus is speaking. It's important to gain the context here. Jesus is instructing his disciples. This is something they need to know. This is something they must know. And so he is teaching his disciples. Now, because it's recorded in his word, his perfect word, his inerrant word, he is teaching us as well. Now, this is right before he goes to the cross of Calvary. So I want you to understand he wants them and he wants us to know this. He doesn't say pray in my will and then move on and not tell us and tell them how to discern his will. He doesn't say pray in my will and all of the resources of heaven are open to you but then leave it so muddy and diluted nobody can figure it out. No, as believers we need to know this. Man, in these days, we, need, we must know this. It is vital that we know this, and so watch this. And so Jesus tells us. So Jesus instructs us. So Jesus is going to show us here. It's not a puzzle. It's not a mystery. You need to know how to discern my will, how to pray in my will, that all the power and the resources of heaven are available to you. You need to know. So he teaches us. This is a big deal. John chapter 15, verses 7 and 8. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, Jesus is speaking, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. All right, I'm going I'm to look at those two verses very closely, very carefully. I want to look at verse 8, and then I want to back up to the seventh verse, verse 7. Let's look at verse 8. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. See this, we are to bear much fruit. And when we bear fruit, it brings glory to God. That's what Jesus is teaching his followers, believers in Christ. We are to bear much fruit. And when we bear fruit, it brings glory to God. Now, what that means is our lives are to produce. That's the idea of fruit. Our lives are to produce what God desires from our lives. The things that he desires from us, those things are supposed to come out of us. We are to produce those things. And when we produce those things, he is glorified. Very simply, our lives are to be a living testimony to his goodwill. Our lives are to be a living testimony to his perfect will. Listen to this. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? Listen. So that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Here's the question this morning. As we prepare, listen, all ages, all people, as we prepare for this event, Are we, are you, 
bearing fruit for the glory of God? Are you producing a testimony that brings glory to God? Is your life a living testimony to the good and perfect will of God? What a great question. What a great question. Are you living in a way, speaking in a way, responding in a way, doing business in a way, raising your kids in a way, going to school in a way that it is a testimony to the good and perfect will of God and it brings glory to him? All right, let's go back to verse seven. Big stuff here. If you abide in me, Jesus speaking, if you abide in me, in my words, abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Here is that bold resolve again. Here is that confidence, fearless confidence again. Jesus says, ask whatever you wish and it shall be done for you. Listen, that is what the word of God says. That is what Jesus says. Ask whatever you wish, and it shall be done for you. All we have to know is what is his will. And so here again, here we go. Here's the question. How do we know his will? How do we line up with his will? How do we discern? How do we know? How can we have confidence in his will? How can we pray in his will? Here, John 15, verse 7, shows us. God tells us, God wants us to know. Listen, God wants us to know. We need to know, and so Jesus tells us. Here's what it requires. How do you know God's will? How do you pray in God's will? Here's the answer right here. There are two requirements. The first verse says this, if you abide in me, the first requirement to know the will of God, to be in the will of God, to pray the will of God is to abide in Jesus. Abide in Jesus. Abide means to remain, to stay, to adhere And the best translation, the one I like the most, is this, to live. In is a preposition showing position. And so we are to remain in Christ. We are to live in Christ. That is our position. Now, there's two parts to that. The first part is this. You have to be saved. We have to be saved. You have to be saved. God answers the prayers of those that are saved. His will is that you would be saved. Now, I want to tell you this right quick. I don't have to flinch to say that. I don't have to be timid in saying that. God's will is that you would be saved. That's his will for you. You have to be saved to be in Christ. The second part of that is this. Your life remaining in Christ, remember the definition of the word, Your life continuing in Christ is to align with his will, his life. Our life remaining in Jesus is to mirror and to match his life. We are actually walking in Christ. We are actually living in Christ. Now, that's a big deal. It's not just a day. 
It's not just an event where you got saved. It is remaining in Jesus, abiding, living in Jesus. Now, how that happens, how that grows is in the second requirement. The second requirement, the verse says, and my words, I want you to notice that's plural, my words abide in you. Jesus says his words, the same definition, are to remain, are to adhere, best translation, are to live in us. And so listen to me, to know God's will, to be in God's will, God's word has to live in us. Now I want you to notice the language here. It does not say, listen very carefully, it does not say we are living in his word. There's people that they know it and they've memorized it and they've read it and they've studied it. That's a good thing. That's not the point being made here. It's not that we are living in his word. It's that his word is living in us. Now think about that. And because his word is living in us, it shapes us. It convicts us. It leads us. Because it is living in us, it takes hold of us. It takes root in us. Because it lives like all living things, it grows in us. Do you see how tremendous that is? We're not living in the word. That's a good thing. The word of God is living, growing, taking hold, putting down roots in us. We are living in Christ and his word is living in us. That's big. That's big. That's the Christian life. That's what it means to be a disciple. We are living in Christ and his word is living in us. And if that is happening, we are more and more and more and more and more like him. And then listen to me. And because we are more and more and more like him, his will is not hard to discern because it is part of us. His will is not a mystery for us to solve because it is growing in us. And our desires, our hopes, our plans take on his shape. We are in him and his word is growing in us. And then, dear friend, when we pray, God Almighty hears that prayer. And because he hears that prayer, he answers that prayer. He provides and nothing is beyond his scope and nothing is out of reach and nothing is too far, too much for him. Oh, that we would live like that, that we would be like that, that we would pray like that. Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, the truth of our Savior, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Here's the question. Are you living in Christ? 
First off, if you ever trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to tell you, our only hope is in Christ. There's only the forgiveness of our sin in Christ. Have you received, trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? First off, are you in Christ? If you're here today and you're not, trust him today. He's your hope today. He's your peace today. There's no future outside of him. Have you trusted Jesus? And if we have trusted Jesus, are you abiding in him? Are you growing in him, taking root in him? Is his word living in you? Are you a living testimony to his good and perfect will? Are you living in Christ? Is his word living in you? Let's pray. During Father, we come. And I'm thankful for your truth. And I'm thankful, Lord, to Jesus that you teach us. But you don't just give us standards we can't meet and match, that you empower it. But you don't give us riddles to solve and to break, codes to climb over, you tell us. And then it just comes down to faith and obedience. Do we believe? Do we trust? Will we obey? Do we abide and stay and remain in you? Do we put your word inside of us and let it take root and grow? Do we trust? Do we obey? Lord, I pray as we sit here today that you've spoken to us, that you're still speaking. And I pray as we sit here today as individuals that we would weigh it out, that we would evaluate where we sit today. I pray for some that they might trust you today, this day. I pray for, for some more, maybe many, that we would walk with you, that we would remain and we would abide and we would adhere to you, and that we would be in the, the constant process of letting your word grow and live in us. And I pray the result would be this. You could move. You could work. That you'd be glorified. That you'd be known that a camp tomorrow would be like we've never seen. That the glory of Christ would shine off of this block. Help us be those type of believers. Those type of folks. Lord, we give you this hour. We give you this service. We ask in this time of invitation that you would move. That you'd be glorified in it. We thank you, Lord. We trust you. We, we tell you we love you. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.